Hello everyone, welcome to this episode of the Tunde Code Podcast. In this podcast, I'll be focusing on relationships. Yes, relationships. Yeah, so I'll be talking about how to know the will of God. How to know the will of God. Now, by the sign of it, it seems like I'm going to be talking to singles, right? But I can say something to you. If you are married, you also going to be blessed. And uh, because the framework I'm, gonna be, I'm going to be providing in this episode, it's going to profit you in your relationships with other people, your friends, maybe family members as well, but most especially maybe friends, because you'll be able to know who is for God and who is not for God, who you should accept into your life and who you should not accept into your life. And one other thing I know it will help you to do is that you will be able to guide and counsel a lot of single people as to how to know the will of God for their life, you know, how to recognize the right person, the right guy or the right lady. So either single or married, this episode is going to bless you so well. So let's get into it. So when we talk about the will of God, what do we mean by the will of God? Now, in most instances, when single people or people generally talk about the will of God, they are referring to God's perfect plan for them, God's best for them, God's ideal person for them. Many people believe that if they marry the right person, they can experience uh, their marriage can be like heaven and earth. Yes, true to a very much extent, you can experience a marriage or you can have a marriage that's like heaven and earth. The Bible tells us that every good and perfect gift comes from God, comes from the Father of light. So we know that if you're getting married to a guy or a lady who is from God, sent to us by God, yeah, that person is perfect for us. But I think I should also correct a few wrong notions about uh, this will of God. So the fact that the person sent to you is the will of God, is God's perfect person for you, is God's most ideal person for you, does not mean that you should be passive or uh, have a nonchalant attitude in your relationship. Now, every relationship needs to be cultured, needs to be, uh, needs to be nurtured, needs to be built, developed. So you can be passive, you can be taking the other person for granted, you can be taking, taking advantage of them and expect to have a fantastic relationship, a wonderful relationship because they are sent to you by God because it's God's will for me, like many people say, right? So please don't take that guy or that lady for granted. Don't take them for a fool, right? Uh, respect them, honor them, be there for them, support them, right? So look at them as God's child, as God's uh, favorite ones. Well, God has no favorite. But I think the word I'm looking for is that they are the apple of God's eye. And just the way you will protect your eye, imagine this person, that person is an, is, is an apple of God's eye and how God will protect them, how God is so uh, protective of them. So don't treat God's son or God's daughter like a piece of trash. You know, don't undermine them. Don't talk them down. Don't rip them apart because they fear the Lord. No, let's not do that. It's the devil who does things like that. I feel in my heart to say to you, if you're in a relationship where you think the person is the will of God for you and they are mistreating you, abusing you, I think you should start praying about that relationship. You may want to, may want to work out of that relationship. Because the thing is, is, the ideal will of God for you will treat you the way God wants to treat you or God wants them to treat you. And you know that God will not mistreat you or God will not abuse you. 
So um, we can be passive, we can be nonchalant, we can be abusive in our relationship because we are, we are going out with a Christian person, with a Christian girl, with a Christian girl. No, we, we, can't, we can't afford to do that because we are God's children and we are supposed to treat God's children like God would treat them or treat people like the way, just the way God would treat them. So that's one notion. And the second wrong notion that people have about this will of God is that if it's God's will for me, um, I'm not going to have problems. You know, everything is going to be fine. But bear this in mind, anything that has God's label on it has someone who is not happy about it. And that person is the devil. Now, in the book of John chapter 8, Jesus talks about um, the people who are liars. And he says to them that, they, I think the Pharisees, and said, so these guys, they are lying like their father, the Satan. Satan has been lying from the very beginning. So uh, what I'm trying to say in essence here is this. The devil will use people to want to rip that relationship apart and it can even bring confusion, distraction and all kinds of things into that relationship because it has a label of God on it, right? And the reason why I connected people with the devil is because the fact that people cannot see the devil or cannot see the handwriting of the devil in their relationship, uh, they don't most of the time recognize that some people around them have actually given their mind to the manipulation of the devil against their relationship so if you are in a relationship with someone who you believe is sent to you by god and god's will for you god's ideal person for you um expect the enemy will would not want that relationship to work and that is why you should work on it and you should be protective about it and you should be uh, you should pray about it you know, and ensure that you build that relationship on God's principles and God's word. But there's something I also think I should also correct here. Now, I don't believe that God designed a specific person for a guy or a lady. In my own understanding and study of, of the word of God, God has a purpose for each and every one of us. He has a unique purpose. Ephesians 2.10 tells us that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. You know, God said to Jeremiah, uh, he said, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you, right? Even Apostle Paul recognized the fact that, you know, God set him apart from the time he was in his mother's womb unto a purpose to preach the gospel. So each and every one of us had the purpose by God from when we were in our mother's womb, even before we were formed in our mother's womb. And this is one of the reasons why I don't subscribe to abortion because life begins from the womb and God has a plan for that life regardless of the circumstance or the situation surrounding the pregnancy or the birth of that child. God has a purpose for each and every one of us. So when it comes to a relationship, now we should bear in mind that people are free will agents. People can choose to fulfill the, uh, obey, the will, uh, obey the will of God. They can choose to do what God wants them to do and they can choose to refuse, right? God, even in himself, did, does not, you know, force the gospel on us. And it's the reason why each and every one of us will be accountable for our decisions to either believe in Christ or not believe. God does not force things on people. So, if a person was um, designed specifically for you from heaven and the person choose not to marry you or go into relationship with you, 
Does that mean that God's plan and purpose for your life is wrecked? No. Now, God is focused, I believe, God is focused on fulfilling his plan for your life, regardless of who is available to be used to fulfill that purpose. So, if a person refuse to get married to you or they choose not to carry on a relationship with you, they broke your heart or something, don't be shattered. Your purpose is much more valuable and higher in value. I repeat, your purpose is higher in value than that relationship. As long as, long as you are living and you are looking and seeking to fulfill God's purpose for your life, God is going to bring somebody else into your life to fulfill that purpose. So that ideology of a particular person designed for you from heaven, I don't subscribe to it because human beings are free will agents and they can choose to obey God or not obey God. Right. So I think those things will uh, be of help to you and correct some, you know, some kind of funny and wrong notions that many single people have about the will of God. So talking about how to know the will of God. Conventionally, a lot of people look at the will of God from the point of assessing maybe some options. When I say options, I'm talking about maybe two, three people uh, who are approaching you or speaking to you, who wants to get married to you. So you, you assess these people against certain criteria or standards that you have. So you, you measure them up uh, with, with what you believe is the, is the way of God in your books. Well, mm, that's good in a sense, but we want to take things one step further. So some people, because some people are good actors, so you could have some criteria set in your books, right? Based on the will, uh, based on what you know is God's way of doing things, and someone can come on the scene and actually deceive you, because many men, many people can act. You watch movies and you watch some, maybe you, maybe you don't watch movies. But, but some people have watched series, you know, series of, I mean, I mean movies that have this long series, uh, series one, series two, series three, series four, series five, and it goes on and episode one. And one series may have 15 or 13 episodes. And those characters in those series are actually acting. It's not real, right? So people can actually act. If they've been into the Bible and see what, the framework of what of a God-fearing man or woman looks like, people can actually wait on and people can act. So there's a flaw with assessing people based on what you have in your books. But that is also necessary. But there's a better way to do it. And the better way to do it is what I'm sharing with you guys today. Now, let's start with the first one. Change the way you think. I repeat, change the way you think. What I've noticed among many Christians, many many Christian singles, is that many are beginning to adopt the worldly way of doing things, and there are many books, strategies given to many singles, ideas given to singles on how to find a guy, you know, strip yourself, seduce him, do all kind of things. And many of these things do not tie up with the word of God. And sometimes the word can make you look like the stupid person when you don't do what they are asking you to do. Now, in this episode and many more episodes, I'm going to be uh, rolling out to bless singles, you know, in helping you to build objective and godly relationships, even though the morality of uh, the moral landscape of our society is on a very steep decline. 
Now, one of the things I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be helping you as much as possible to open your eyes to see reality. So one, one, let's start with this. The people who are telling you to do all kinds of things that are ungodly, are they really experiencing the peace and the joy that the Lord wants for, wants for you or want, Lord has given to us in Christ Jesus? Are you taking your time to carefully assess their lifestyle? Friends, don't be fooled or carried away by the laughter and the smile and the things you see on social media. What you see on social media is not the reality going on in people's lives. What you see uh, or hear people say or what the display is not the reality going on in people's lives. I've been through um, a bout of um, anxiety and some other issues going on in my life at some point in my life. And when people come around me, they don't know I was going through those things. I've had opportunity to speak to people who are going through even suicidal thoughts. But when you see them smile and they're talking, you don't even know that they, were going, they are going through that. So anybody can come up and smile, violating the God's principles, God's way of doing things, and they, and they think they are getting away with it or God's way of doing things doesn't make any sense. Friends, don't fall for that. It is a lie. Now, the Bible tells us in the book of Corinthians that our body was not designed for sexual immorality. So, except the word of God is a lie, anyone who is indulging in sexual immorality are destroying themselves to a very much extent. There are depression going on, there are psychological imbalance, there's mental issues going on. That many people cannot connect to the fact with the fact that they are abusing their body, they are not using their body for what it's designed for. See, one thing you need to bear in mind is this. If you are doing anything in a way that is other than the way that God wants you to do it, you open the door and you give a chance to the devil to manipulate you. I'm telling you the truth. There's no lie about it. This is just a practical truth, right? I've, now I've spoken to several women, several ladies, several guys, several men, and no one, I repeat, no one given to sexual immorality is experiencing the joy and the peace that God has given to us in Christ Jesus. So don't fall for all of those lies. People are telling you, you need to have a sex toy. You don't need this man in your life. You know, you don't, you know, some kind of thing. I'm going to touch on those things in future. So get ready. I mean, I'm going to be blessing you guys with so much stuff and I'm going to be very real with you. So uh, let's go back to our point. So you, you need to also, you need to learn to change where you think. You know, stop adapting yourself. Stop fashioning yourself according to the pattern of the things in the world, the way the world is doing things, the strategies. You know, people have opened up to me to tell me they went on Tinder. I know there are some Christian dating um, uh, websites and stuff like that 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 are good, that have helped many people to actually find someone to marry and kind of things. I think I know two couples who actually found each other on Christian dating sites. Am I encouraging it? Maybe yes, maybe no. And I'm going to touch on the point that will answer that question. Right? So we need to begin to look at how we are thinking. Are you thinking in a godly way or are you thinking in a worldly way? We need to change the way we think. We need to change the way we look at things. If we are looking at things from secular way of thinking or if you are mixing up godly way of thinking with secular way of thinking, guys, we need to begin to get real with ourselves and asking ourselves questions like, where did I get this inspiration from? I mean, 
what, what, what taught me these things? You know, those things your parents have taught you about, you know, men don't listen, men cannot be, men would cheat, women cannot be, women cannot be trusted. You know, all those things that are affecting you, your reaction towards your boyfriend or your fiancé, you need to begin to challenge those things because what, what, you, what you need to realize is this, as long as you're holding on to all of these thoughts and those, all those thoughts and imagination, they are going to affect your attitude and how you you are able to know the will of God for you. Even if the right man is standing right in front of you, now speaking to a lady, if the right man is standing in front of you, if you have all kind of ungodly and unchristian you know, imagination and thinking and philosophy about who men are, let the right man be standing in front of you. You will not respond properly. You will be, you know, your attitude will send them away. I've come across ladies who have sent away a number of guys because of their dirty attitude and this dirty attitude are actually ingrained in what their parents have taught them or what is going on in the life of their family and all kind of stuff you know my sisters at some point when we're young because of the domestic abuse going on in our family you know my younger sisters had this mindset back then that if the man should start acting funny they're gonna pack their things and leave and until we grew up to some point in our christian life and they realized that no something is not right without thinking because you can't you can have a perfect marriage. Every marriage has to be built. Every marriage has to be developed. And uh, the times you have rough times in your marriage. So the fact that you're having rough times in the marriage does not mean you should pull out, right? But because of what we have seen, what we've experienced, you know, the abuse we've seen, and we don't want to go through that abuse for so long, you know, like our mother went through that. So we're just kind of ready to like to to jet out of the marriage when things start going wrong. Uh, so uh, you check yourself. Check your belief system, check your philosophies, check your ideologies about marriage, about relationship. Do they line up with the word of God? If they don't line up with the word of God, you want to start questioning them and you want to start aligning them with the word of God. And if how you're behaving, how you're doing things are like seductive, flirting and all those kind of things, um, sexual things that the word offer to you guys as to how to get a man, how to get a woman, how to know whether the man loves you or if you, if you love him, you sleep with him, all those nine point rules or 90 day test, all those kind of things that are ungodly, you know, uh, what you should do before you sleep, before you kiss this person, the things you need to do before you sleep with them, you don't sleep with them until, you know, until this time or that time, you know, all the cookie nonsense, all those, all those ungodly things you've seen in movies that, are completely ungodly, you know, don't, you need to start changing your mind how you see them. The Bible tells us in the book of Romans chapter 12 verse 2 that we should not copy this word. We should not copy the standards of this word, but we should be transformed by the renewing of, of our mind. And by so doing, we will be able to know, to prove what is that good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. And if you're thinking, or for uh, thinking of an example of the will of God, you can look at First Thessalonians 4, 3 to 5, and it reads thus, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should, obtain, you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to possess his own body in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. Now, the Gentiles, they don't know God. They do things um, to feel good, you know, they don't, they don't regard the laws and the principles of God in their relationship or what they do. And this is what has been introduced or offered to many Christians and many Christian singles and many people are embracing it because they are tired of being lonely, being alone. I'm going to be talking about loneliness and being alone in future, right? 
say, okay, but I'll give you some taster here. Now, the thing is this. Um, <laughs> okay, all right, all right. This, because it's funny, so I'm, I'm kind of laughing, right? Um, your loneliness will not be cured with a relationship. Loneliness cannot be cured with a relationship, right? Loneliness has a lot to do with the discovery of self and purpose. Has to has a lot to do with contentment in the the uniqueness with the uniqueness that God has placed on the inside of you. <laughs> these are I mean these are big stuff coming, and I believe that as you guys stay connected in my podcast, I think I'm gonna be rolling out a podcast for singles and for rela- and on relationships on Thursdays. As you guys stay connected, uh, you will be so blessed. Uh, because many people will be free from the ideologies and deceptions of the world. So the Bible is t- saying to us in the book of 1 Thessalonians 4, 3-5, that the will of God is that you abstain from, se- from sexual immorality. And when we talk about sexual immorality, it's not just about the actual act of fornication, because you guys, because you're not married, the Bible says your body is not designed to have sex with somebody you're not married to. It's that plain. Come on, it's so plain. So somebody say, you know, people say things like you need to try so that you can know. I'm going to cover that in future as well. We're going to be so real. My question is, how many people do you want to try? You know, one of, re- one of the reasons why I believe that God tells us not to commit sexual immorality, especially fornication, is because he doesn't, he wants to save us of, of, uh, of ex- uh, experiences that will, that will stay with us for the rest of your lives. One thing I will tell you is this. Sexual experiences don't leave your mind uh, like that. And so one, you, you put yourself in a dangerous position if you explore all kind of things and experience and all kind of stuff. Because when you get married, even when you're having good sexual experience with your husband, because of your exposure prior to that time, you will struggle because your mind will constantly compare what you have to what you had back in the days. And, you know, if the devil set you up so well, if you've had some kind of sexual escapade with people before you got married and they are so-called mind-blowing sexual experiences, when this and you seem to be having trouble in your marriage at some point and this one of one of these guys or this girl show up on the scene at that time, you find yourself committing adultery, infidelity, then it messes up a lot of things in your life. Right. So guys, can you see that the, we've been so deceived by the world, by the things we see in movies, but everything that God has us not to do is for our own benefit. And we need to train our mind, train our soul to say, you know what, what God says I should not do is best for me. It's not trying to deprive me of pleasure, but it's trying to keep me so that I can have, um, I can enjoy the freedom he has given to me. There's some pleasure that, 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 that sends you into bondage, into captivity, into oppression and depression. You know, they are freedom of expression, but at the end of that expression is bondage. But God wants you to enjoy your freedom. I get it. So we need to kind of train ourselves to understand that God's freedom is actually true freedom. So the next two points I want to share with you, apart from um, changing the way you think, is uh, is to give yourself to discovering God's purpose for your life. You know, I said to you earlier on that the fact that the person leaves your life or they refuse to get married to you, even though God has shown you or God has told them, have told them that they are supposed to get married to you, right? The fact that that happens to you doesn't mean that your your destiny, your life, your purpose is cancelled. No, right? Uh, I want you to be so sold out to your purpose. One thing I know is this. God's plan and purpose for your life is certain, is sure. 
and all of its provisions are in the path of that purpose, right? When I was on the journey of discovering my purpose of, beco- of becoming who God wants me to be was when I met my wife. So everything about your life is packaged on the pathway of your purpose. Your provisions, everything is there. So if you give yourself to fulfilling your, to discovering your purpose and fulfilling your purpose, I'll tell you, you will meet every provision that God has um, planned for you. So, but someone may be listening to me and say, and say something like, but I am on the path of fulfilling purpose. I'm doing God's will. I'm doing this, but yet no one is approaching me and I really want to marry. God has a plan for my marriage. And the next thing I'm going to say to you is this. You need to learn to be led by the Spirit of God. Because when you give yourself to the, line, to the leading of the Spirit, you will know the timings of God. Sometimes, some of us, it's not that God is not answering our prayer because God will know we told anything good from us. The Bible tells us. Right. Some of us, it's not because God is withholding our prayer or he's not going to answer our prayer or anything like that. But it's because there are certain things that's going on in our life. There are certain things we are doing that is creating an atmosphere around us that is pushing men and women away from us. Pushing the right person away from us. Guys, this is so real. I will touch, touch on this as well in future. Right. But what is very, very important is that we learn how to walk by the spirit, to yield to the Holy Ghost. You know, and how do you yield to the Holy Spirit? It's very, I mean, it's very simple. You need to ensure that you are conversant with the Word of God. You understand the Word of God. Study to know the Word of God. Because the Holy Spirit will not tell you something outside of the Word of God. So the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us, is one with the Father and one with the Son. Right? So Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will take of me, will take of him and make his will known to us. Right? So if you know the will of God, if you know the Word of God properly, carefully, to a very much extent... When the Holy Spirit is giving you signals and instructions about where to turn, what to do, what not to do, you'll be able to quickly understand because you understand His language, which is the Word of God, right? And then the more you study the Word of God, the more you you learn how the Holy Spirit speaks to you in your heart. So that when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, even in the place of fulfilling your purpose, to change direction of things, to leave a particular church, to go to another church or to leave a place or to let go of certain friends. Because in the place of the word of God, your, your heart has been trained to hear the Holy Ghost, to recognize the Holy Ghost and to submit to him. You'll be able to go in the direction that God wants you to go. Guys, this thing is, this is a great stuff here, man. We have to, we have to learn to recognize the voice of the Holy Ghost in our heart and to yield to him. Like I said earlier on, God will not withhold anything good from us, but we must learn to move with God. We have an enemy, we have an adversary, you know, and this is just theology, you know, and from, from my pastoral experience. Sometimes, you know, God may send someone to you to do certain things and at a certain point in time, at a particular day, and this person, because we have free will agents, may choose not to respond or the enemy might bring somebody else across them and they may not show up, they may not yield to that thing. Just the way you too, sometimes God asks you to bless somebody with money and you, you just, you're, you're just so busy and caught up in many things and you, you, don't, you didn't send the money to the person and this person is waiting one day, two days, three days, but God has told you that this person is in need for the past three, four, five days and you are not responding. So likewise, someone may send a guy or a woman to a particular place to, you know, to meet with you but if the person does not respond, I believe that God can lead you by the Spirit to change your direction and to go and meet them in the place that, you know, uh, that where you guys can meet, 
right? I mean, God is so amazing because as our Father, He loves us so much and He loves us unconditionally. But we also need to learn to walk with the Spirit because we live in a world where people's minds is exposed and subject to manipulations. Guys, these are these, these are fantastic things, and and I want us to take these three things very seriously. So instead of looking at that person, that I seemingly ideal candidate or ideal candidate, and assessing them against. Um, some set, set criteria and standards in our books. Let's start with ourselves. Let's become those, that man and woman of purpose, that man and woman who knows the Lord, who hears the voice of God, who is, who is malleable, who can easily yield to the Spirit of God, a person who is flexible with the Spirit. And, you know, you, you're just here and there by the Spirit as, as the Spirit of God is leading you. Man, it is, it is, it's such an amazing and beautiful, a glorious and colorful lifestyle. Right to live when you are living your life in the in the midst according to the directions of the Holy Ghost, man, this is amazing. So, guys, so let's start by changing our mind, changing our thinking, giving ourselves to purpose, and um, uh, being led. You know, learning to you to the Holy Ghost, and uh, I believe that you will be able to clearly know who the will of God is for you among many options. It will be difficult for you to be deceived by these many actors who are. Uh, who think they are in a kind of a movie series with you and they can act as if they are the will of God because they know the record, they know what what the, what the, what you're looking for. So guys, I would like you to share this message with your friends, you know, talk to them about it and you guys just sit down together and think, you know, and challenge one another. How can we improve in our own ability to know the will of God instead of just assessing people against our books? You know, and if this message has blessed you, if you are applying these principles and these three points I've shared with you guys, and it's blessing you, please send me a message. You know, I love talking to singers. I love helping people. I would like to attend your wedding, you know, knowing that you are getting married to the right person that God has in store for you. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening. And I look forward to hearing from you. 